Welcome to the Overnight Trainer Podcast, where each week we talk about all things related to the world of learning and development, including facilitation, instructional design, sales enablement, and so much more. I'm your host, Sarah Canistra, and I'm an L&D strategist and career coach, and I'm here to take the guesswork out of becoming an L&D professional and show you how to unlock continued success in your learning and development career. I'm on a mission to quickly develop the next generation of L&D leaders who are looking to create meaningful and engaging learning experiences. So, if you're looking to transition into L&D for the first time, have found yourself accidentally in a training position, or are working up the ranks as an L&D professional already, you've come to the right place. Hey everyone, happy Tuesday. If you're listening to this on launch day, uh, welcome back to the Overnight Trainer Podcast. I am so, so, so happy you're choosing to spend some time with me today. Um, I can't wait for this episode. I have not done a Ask Me Anything episode on the podcast. I used to do Ask Me Anything on LinkedIn Stories but it's so hard um, because LinkedIn stories doesn't really, it's not like Instagram stories where you can keep recording and it chunks it into smaller bits. Uh, you only have a 20 seconds and it completely cuts you off. So it's more challenging to do that. So I hope this is a great format. I hope it works for you to be able to answer some of your burning learning and development questions. I'm very, very excited to dive into the questions that we got for today. Um, and I do want to celebrate my group coaching clients. They are absolutely killing it. Uh, last week I talked about them, you know, really figuring out what their niche is. This week they've already connected with people who are in the jobs they want to have with hiring managers. Uh, they're well on their way to getting their dream LD careers. And and we're only two weeks into the program. So I could not be prouder of this first group. They are just 110% in it to win it, and they're just absolutely killing it. So I'll be opening up the next cohort, uh, well, opening it up for registration in July. We'll start in August uh, once this first cohort wraps up, um, and I'll probably take a week break. <laughs> um, but it is going to start in August, and I will be sending out an email early July with information to pre-register. So I expect, uh, just based on <laughs> the VIP list we have already, um, that that will fill up with pre-registrations. So. If you'd like to get on that list, I will be sending a VIP email out in the first week of July uh, with the best deal that you can get on this program. So you won't, the only people getting this deal are the people in my VIP email list. So if you are interested, please email me. Uh, my email is hello at theovernighttrainer.com and just let me know. I wanna be on that VIP email list. So uh, that way you will be the first to know once we open for registrations. And I also want to shout out some of my private one-on-one -on -one coaching clients. Um, I do private one-on-one -on -one career coaching, uh, although I've pivoted away from that and more into the group coaching, as well as L&D executive coaching. So, you know, I just have the most incredible clients. And one thing that has really stood out to me this week is one of my clients, and I don't want to name names because people are still working in their full-time jobs, um, but really had the wherewithal to say no to something, um, to say no to continuing to a job that wasn't the right fit for them. And I think to me, you know, I look at, I can measure success in so many different ways. And my biggest marker is, of course, you know, you getting your dream L&D job. Uh, 
But I was just so proud in that moment of this person being able to go on that interview and say, nope, not right for me. And to be the one to turn it down. And that to me is a huge marker of success, you know, to know your value, to know your worth, to know your niche, to know the type of company you want to be in. Um, and the same thing with my executive executive coaching clients, you know, really being able to come into themselves and be a partner, a business partner versus an order taker. Uh, that's been huge for me to see that in my executive coaching clients. So I'm just so proud of all my clients. I'm so blessed to have the most incredible clients, uh, and group coaching client. I mean, everyone is just, I feel so, so, so lucky. So I do have um, two spots open for LD executive coaching. And like I said, we are pre-registering in a few weeks for the uh, group coaching program to find your dream L&D job. So a um, couple ways to work with me. And of course, I have uh, on my website a way to schedule a free consultation call. So if you have more questions, want to know if it's going to be right for you, feel, 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 please feel free uh, to book that free consultation call. And we can talk about your situation and the options that I have and see which ones work for you. All right. So let's get into today's episode. So well, I didn't, you know, usually I, I'd like to do some sort of preparation. <laughs> I, I read through through the questions that we got, which are incredible and they're awesome. Um, and I want to disclaimer something, I guess, is I think, you know, a lot of you know this, but in addition to uh, my coaching business, I also consult. You know, I feel really, of course, I just love learning and development. So I wanted to continue, continue to actually do the work around it as well. I want to keep creating in the L&D space and growing my skills there. Um, but so in addition to my uh, my coaching business that I have, I also consult. So I consult for two companies. Uh, one is Assemble HR. It's an incredible HR company that you know produces the most amazing learning experiences um, around leadership development, talent development. So please check them out. And the other company I consult for is called Learning Cluster Design. And I've had the CEO of the LCD group and the co-creator of the Learning Cluster Design model, Crystal Kadakia, on the podcast. I believe, I think she was episode four, if my memory is serving me correctly. Um, and so her and Lisa Owens developed this model several years ago, ago called the Owens Kadakia Learning Cluster Design Model and wrote a book called Designing for Modern Learning Beyond Addie and Sam and now have really turned that into not only a consulting business, which is where I consult, but in a learning experience for all of you too. Uh, so teaching people how to actually utilize the model. So I bring this up because I was perusing the questions and I will be referencing the learning cluster design model a lot today in answering. So I didn't want you to think it was an ad for them. Um, you know, I live, breathe, die by this model because it is so fluid and because and I have a great podcast coming out with, with Jeff Lowndes, uh, who's a, a learning enablement and sales enablement uh, partner at Snapchat. And we talked a lot about following rules and which ones to follow. So I, I won't give too much away <laughs> for that because that'll be that's next week's episode. But, you know, it's there's so many models and there's so many theories and there's so many practices. And what happens is, is we we end up forgetting that we are here to serve our learners. And that's what I love so much about the learning cluster design model is that it's not a replacement of all these models and theories that we have out there. It's an embracement of them. And it's essentially a, an umbrella of how do we utilize all these great models that we have to make sure that we're creating these learner centric experiences that benefit the business. So 
I will be referencing them a lot because a lot of the questions that I got was how to be strategic um, and you know what are some models to use and so I, I wanted to preface it with yes I do uh, work there and I do consult there um, but I only consult and do work uh, that I absolutely believe in and um, I think Crystal and I might have talked about this in our episode but but I started out my journey with a learning cluster design model finding the book. I ha happened to stumble upon it on LinkedIn somehow. Um, I ordered it. I was one of the first people to, I pre-ordered it, <laughs> first people to receive it a year ago, came out almost a year ago. And I fell in love with it. I absolutely just, I couldn't get enough of this book. And so then I started stalking Crystal and Lisa um, to the point where uh, I found out later that Lisa thought I was a plant. <laughs> <laughs> because I just kept couldn't stop talking about this book. So uh, it's an incredible book, an incredible model. They offer uh, workshops as well, public and private workshops. So if you're interested in that, you can always feel free to reach out to me too. Uh, but I took the workshop in October just to immerse myself in October of last year to immerse myself into it even more. And then in February of this year, started consulting there. So uh, I started out as a super fan. <laughs> So before anything else, I'm a huge, huge, huge super fan. So let's dive into today's question. So again, I want to preface it. I'll be utilizing the learning cluster design model a lot to answer these. Um, not all of them, but but most of these. So let's dive into the questions. So the first one is from um, Simran. So Simran, thank you so much for uh, your two questions. And the first question is, what are the key steps to keep in mind when designing a development program? So I'm already gonna jump into the learning cluster design model because with that model, there are five actions. And these five actions essentially guide you through developing a, a, a learning, we don't call them programs, we call it a learning cluster. Uh, because not everyone's gonna go through the same exact program because learners are unique in the sense that we are all coming at it from different levels and different perspectives and different time that we have to learn. And so uh, that's why it's a learning, a learning cluster. So the first part, without going too far into it, but is really understanding like what is the objective here? And by objective, it's strategic performance objective. What business change do you want to have? So really thinking, what business change do I want to have? And then on the flip side, what would be the changes and on the job behavior that would support that, that business objective or that business change? So it's first, the key step is figuring out what is the business objective here? What do I want to see change from a business perspective? And then looking at, okay, what are the key behaviors and the core behaviors that I would need to see people change on the job in order to achieve that objective? So that's the first part. The second part is to then identify your learner personas. So take a look at, okay, this is what our our learner personas are. We And there's a lot of work on, on, on personas out there, so I'm not gonna go too far into it, but understanding the different types of learners you have. And not so much what are the different positions. Uh, I think we get an L&D, we get really caught up in, okay, this position needs this training and that position needs that training. But more of like what I said before of, you know, we're all coming from different levels of experience. So for example, you know, rather than saying, okay, all new hires would take this, that, and that one over there from a training perspective, it's saying, okay, I might have a new hire who 
is brand new, fresh out of college, this is their first real working experience, you know, they're gonna need X, Y, and Z, but I have a new hire who has been in this industry before, who is just switching to a new company, um, and they need to learn more of the ropes of our company, not the actual day in and day out of their job. So in that case, they need to know X, but they also need to know A, B, and, and D, right? So really understanding the different types of personas that you have with that key objective. Um, from there, it's figuring out what do we have that already exists, right? We're so keen to just often, especially in L&D, throw everything out and just start over. And that's so, so, so exhausting. So it's looking at what can we repurpose. And in the learning cluster design model, there are nine elements of modern learning. And it's really looking at, okay, how do I take what I currently have and implement some of these nine uh, elements into creating more of a, a modern learning experience that I can use for one of those personas or more of them. Um, then it's surrounding learners. So it's actually saying, okay, for each persona, you know, what are the different learning assets? You know, what we talked about before, the ABCs, the X, Y, and Zs um, that I would surround that persona with. And then lastly, it's tracking it, right? That's huge. It's figuring out the measures in place and they can be unconventional as well, but the measures in place to really take a look, you know, from a Kirkpatrick's perspective of how do we move from one level one and level two to level three and level four. And so that's really the key steps if I had to, when, when I create learning, which I do every single day, um, and then also when I consult, but those are the key steps to keep in mind. And so again, Designing for Modern Learning Beyond Addie and Sam, it's an incredible book. Uh, the workshop is even better. It's a three-week immersive workshop. Um, it really is between the three weeks, though, you're only spending, I believe, one, two, three, four, like six hours live. Um, over the course of course of the three weeks as well. So it's it's a time commitment, but it's more flexible as well. So um, I highly, highly, highly suggest that. Um, plus I help facilitate it and you can spend some more time with me. All right, so Simran's second question is, what are the essential skills you need when progressing in an L&D career? Uh, for someone like me who's completed six months, I'm trying to upskill myself. That's an amazing question. And I think, you know, it's interesting. I was talking to someone about this the other day and I have a LinkedIn post uh, ready to go about this soon. But when it comes to leading the L&D function and, you know, really progressing in your career, the most successful people are strategic thinkers. So rather than thinking about what do I need to fix today, tomorrow, next week, they're really looking at it from a, a, a business perspective. And so having that business acumen is really, really important. Um, I did a podcast on this. I'll have to put the, the link in the show notes. I don't remember which episode, but basically going through, you know, what you would need to be to be a successful, you know, L&D lead or, or head of an L&D uh, department. And business acumen is, is one of the you know most important ones because to be successful in this and to actually have successful learning experiences, you need to be able to kind of like what I talked about before with your first question is understand like what is the business challenge, right? What is happening from a business perspective? And then how can I solve that through learning experiences? And I think it's also important to know that as you're progressing in your L&D career, that you are crystal, crystal clear that learning is not a solution for every problem. And so being able to have that business acumen and being able to you know, have a seat at the table and strategize and say, hey, 
you know, I looked at in the last six months of data, we already have all the training we need for it. It's actually an accountability problem, or it's actually a problem with the system that can't do you know, what it's supposed to be doing. So really being able to have that, that strategic mindset of looking forward versus training always being and learning always being a reactionary thing. So for you who've completed, you know, six months of, you know, progressing in your L&D career, really, really upskill yourself um, on being a strategic business partner and being able to really identify business challenges. And then kind of what we talked about before too, going back and saying, okay, what would, what behaviors would have to change on the job in order to meet that business challenge or solve that business challenge? And then from there, see if it needs training. So having a strategic sense, and that takes time to develop, but again, really understanding what are the business problems and having that business acumen will absolutely help you grow in your L&D career from a, a leadership standpoint. You know, of course, you know, it's important to have, you know, the fundamentals down of instructional design, of facilitating, you know, understanding learning management system or learning experience platform administration in some capacity. Um, but those are all things that can be learned, uh, through, you know, through, through other means, but I think to really be a strategic business partner takes time and it takes a lot of effort into doing that and really diving several layers deeper than you normally would. So that's my two cents on the essential skills. I would say business acumen and strategy um, are going to be the two there. All right, so Whitney said, I'd love to hear more about studies that prove the value of just-in-time learning. So Whitney, I, I'm gonna bring it back to learning cluster design. I know I've talked about this a lot and it's not the last time I'm gonna talk about it here because uh, learning cluster design is all about designing learning experiences in the flow of work, which is that just-in-time learning, uh, or tangential to it at least. And so part of the learning cluster design is looking at what learning assets are social, what learning assets are immediate, and what are formal. And so that just in time really hits in that social and that immediate um, bucket, essentially. It's actually a Venn diagram, so <laughs> um, but it hits in, in both of those areas there, in both of those circles. And so there are a lot of case studies and a lot of studies in general um, within the book. So Designing for Modern Learning, Beyond Addie and Sam, um, every single chapter has case studies, it has examples, it has samples. Um, and I definitely think that's a great place to go and to start uh, because for each action of the book, and again, the action is that, you know, changing on the job behavior, the learning personas, et cetera. Uh, it'll give you more information around case studies that really do prove the value of what you're talking about there. So, uh, and there's also a blog. So learningclusterdesign.com, if you go to the blog, there's tons of articles there um, as well that talk about the value of just-in-time learning. So I would definitely suggest to go there, Whitney. All right, and then our last questions come from Nishida. Uh, she has two awesome questions. And uh, the first question is, I'm interested in understanding the latest market trends related to talent development. Um, okay, that's a good question. I would say there are three big shifts, and I think uh, a lot of them were brought on by COVID or accelerated by COVID. 
I would say the first is people-centric learning models. And so we already talked about, you know, uh, learning cluster design, being very persona-centric and about, you know, solving on the job uh, uh, solving business business uh, challenges by changing on the job behavior. Um, I also think you know there's lots of learning centered centered models, design thinking, human centered design. You know I think those are really big trends that have taken a big 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 uptick um, in the last year. Uh, I think with everyone going remote and working from home and really realizing the value of having to develop learning for people um, versus, you know, doing it because we we think we're supposed to do it or supposed to develop it um, has been huge. And so I would say the, the designing of more people-centric learning and the evolution and the rising of people-centric learning models like learning cluster design, design thinking, human-centered design, I would say would be the first big, um, big shift and big trend that's really, it's been around for a while, but I think has really taken off in the last year. Uh, the second one I would say is, you know, really focusing on digital content. Again, brought on by COVID or accelerated by COVID, I think it would have happened regardless. Uh, but the focus on digital content and kind of what we talked about before too, of that immediacy and being able to have just-in-time learning or learning in the flow of work, especially this last year threw us for such curveballs as you know, most of us were working from home and our home life and our work life, you know, really, really intermingled. And so the ability to access information when we need it in a digital form, I think is a big trend uh, that has, again, none of this is brand new, but it's taken off so much more because of COVID. And now with workplaces going back to work, hybrid, still staying remote, that trend isn't going anywhere either. And then I think the last one is the use of artificial intelligence. And I think people, you know, shy away from the term of AI. Um, you know, they think of like robots and robot movies and all of that, which sure. Um, but when I say uh, AI, I mean it more along the lines of, you know, AI gathering insights from learner data coming in, um, being able to conduct the deep analysis of that data, and then being able to really facilitate the curation of customized learning solutions, um, all without us, the L&D professional, having to do all of that, right? So, you know, a prime example of that is when YouTube says, hey, you might like, you know, you watch this video. I did it this morning. I took a, I have a spin bike. I took a spin class. And then afterwards it said, you know, you might want to watch this video, um, and I took a 20 minute hip hop spin class. And so it gave me two more suggestions for hip hop spin classes. And then it gave me a, a suggestion for a, a cool down and a stretch by the same person uh, whose class that I took, right? That's artificial intelligence. There's not someone behind the computer saying, okay, Sarah's about to finish her spin class. What, what should we pick next for her, right? It's all artificial intelligence. So I think those three market trends are ones to watch, to get on board of, to be ahead of. Um, so digital content creation, learner and people-centric learning models, and then artificial intelligence um, in the sense of you know really being able to customize and curate learning solutions. And then the last question also from Nishida is, I'd like to know what L&D certifications can I explore to upskill myself? So what a great question. I actually did one of my original blog posts. I don't really write on my blog anymore because I much prefer to do this and spend time with all of you. Um, but I did a blog post on this last year. 
And I think it really depends on a few things. And first and foremost, y'all have heard me say this a bajillion, zillion, quadrillion times, but you first and foremost have to find a niche. So I think there's so many certifications out there and there are so many incredible programs out there, um, but you really have to find your niche. And if that means that your niche is instructional design, there's the Idol Academy, right? There's so many different things that you can do um, out there. Uh, but it's really important to find that like, okay, instructional design is what I want to do. Um, if you know that you want to be in facilitation, right, then you might not want to take an instructional design <laughs> certification at this time. So it's really, really important to make sure that you have first and foremost found your niche. Um, I do have a free niche guide. So to help you figure that out, um, if you go to www.theovernighttrainer.com slash nailing your niche, so N-A-I-L-I-N-G Y-O-U-R-N-I-C-H-E, <laughs> you can get access to that free niche guide. Because if not, like I have people who've take, who are in my coaching program right now who have said, I've signed up for X, Y, Z, A, B, C certification and never even opened it. Um, most likely because it's not in their niche. And these are great, great programs out there. So I highly recommend first and foremost, you figure out what your, uh, what your niche is. And then from there, what is your budget, right? Not everyone can access the, the same thing. So there, uh, I'll put a link to my blog post on here, but really there are a couple different things that you can do. So there are free and low cost options. So, you know, like I said, online courses, certifications, and college programs can be awesome. But before diving head first into those type of things, free and low cost courses and programs can really give you a great introductory and baseline information about the area you want to focus on without a large financial commitment. Um, so inside of uh, Coursera, Udemy, there's lots and lots of different programs. And again, I listed some of these in my blog post. Um, so I will put them um, in, I'll put it in the show notes for you as well. Um, but then once you grow up, go grow up, grow up your career. Um, but once you really figure out what your niche is and you want to make a little bit more of a financial commitment, um, online courses and certifications are great. Um, I already mentioned for instructional design, the Idol Academy. So many of my coaching clients take that and absolutely love it. Um, I personally never experienced it, but I know that I've had clients of mine who have gone through the program, think it's incredible. Um, facilitation, you know, the Association for Talent Development has a facilitation skills certificate. So I highly suggest, you know, looking for, um, again, once you know your niche, the different areas and the different certifications that exist within there. The Association for Talent Development is awesome uh, because there are so many different certifications that you can get um, that really do hold a lot of weight as well. Um, so I highly suggest that. And then lastly, I mean, if you want to go back to school, I have several episodes on this um, on both sides of that argument. Um, but if you're ready to take a the plunge, you get a degree or a certificate, you know, there's a lot of great programs with a focus on adult learning. For me in particular, uh, I went back to school in my late 20s uh, to get my to finish my bachelor's degree and 
went to school for at the University of Louisville for organizational leadership and learning with a concentration on training and development. So I wanted to go full in on this and, and went back to school for that. Um, there are learning design and technology certificates through Harvard. Uh, there's foundations of e-learning and higher education. I mean, there's so many uh, different courses that you can take from a college and, and degree programs um, from a college perspective as well. You know, I think it's important. I love this question too, because as learning professionals, we often put the development of others in front of our own. And I think it's really, really important to make sure that we are focusing, um, focusing really on our own development. You know, we cannot pour from an empty cup. So really, really spending time figuring out your niche is going to be the most important part to then help guide you towards what it is you want to do. You know, if you are, if you know you want to be um, in instructional design or an instructional design manager or a leader, that's going to help you figure out what learning path to go down. If you want to be ahead of L&D and be more on the strategic side of things, that's a different path. If you want to be, you know, corporate trainers and, you know, head facilitators and lead the delivery, that's another track. So just keeping in mind that first and foremost, it's figuring out what your niche is. And then after that, uh, looking at the programs that are available based on budget and as well as, you know, what, what certification it will provide you. So I'll put the link to my blog post in the show notes here so you can access that pretty easy. And of course, I would be remiss because I've mentioned it 500,000 times in this episode, um, but also uh, taking the learning cluster design workshop uh, is really, really helpful at kind of all levels in your career and under all uh, types of learning niches. Uh, that's to me is what I found so beautiful about the workshop or the, the model in general is that it definitely spans across positions. And so uh, that is, I think I mentioned it earlier, but a workshop, it is three weeks long. Uh, the first week is early access uh, where you get to access all of the learning materials. And then throughout the remaining two weeks, there are um, some live sessions to attend where we dive deeper into the model. So of course, again, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that <laughs> since I've been uh, talking about that pretty much this entire podcast. So uh, what's interesting is, is in the middle of recording this, I did have to hop on a call with the uh, CEO of the Learning Cluster Design Group, Crystal Kadakia, and I happened to mention that I was recording this podcast, which was going to be an ode to the Learning Cluster <laughs> Design model. Um, you know, she knows how much of a, a fan a fan I am of it. Obviously, like I said, I had to I stalked her in the beginning of of, of finding it. Um, but she uh, was so 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 gracious to offer a discount to anyone who wants to sign up for the workshop. And this lives on. So depending on when you're listening to this, um, we typically offer workshops, uh, public workshops, anywhere from three to four times uh, per year, sometimes more depending on demand. These are very um, intimate workshops where you'll get an opportunity to not only learn about the model, but to practice it, uh, to get one-on-one -on -one coaching from either myself or another, uh, learning cluster design facilitator. Um, and on top of that, the best part is that you actually leave with a learning cluster, uh, for a project that you're currently working on. So that's my favorite part is that, you know, you're coming into the workshop, uh, with something, a, a learning project that you have to work on. 
or a learning problem that you have to solve and you leave with a complete learning cluster. So a lot happens in a few short weeks. And, and Crystal was kind enough to offer $500 off of the uh, workshop. You can sign up for the next workshop. Um, I put the code in the show notes for you uh, to be able to access that at checkout. Uh, and so just, it's, it's so, such a great, a great program. So again, I, I would be remiss if I didn't mention that. Plus the fact that in the middle of this, <laughs> I talked to Crystal and she was more than happy to offer that for our listeners. So I know a lot of my listeners are already big fans of the learning cluster design model. Uh, and these are such wonderful, wonderful questions. They just happen to all be solved <laughs> pretty much by uh, the LCD model. But I really, really appreciate uh, those questions and for showing up and, and asking them. And you know, I'm here to answer any questions. I'll try to be doing this type of podcast um, once every couple of weeks as well. So any questions that you have, feel free to send them my way. You can email me at hello at the overnight trainer.com. Just put ask me anything in the subject line. And um, yeah, so I'm super excited. I love this episode. I hope you all did too. And we have a really exciting guest coming on next week who I already alluded to. And so I can't wait for you to hear from him next week. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If it resonated with you in any way, please let me know by subscribing, liking, and leaving a review. I'd love to hear from you on how you're using these tools as well as what you want to hear more of. So connect with me on LinkedIn at Sarah Canistra, send me a DM or email me at hello at theovernighttrainer.com. I can't wait to hear from you. And until next week, stay learning.